This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Stock up with Bud Light for game days and check out Budweiser's limited edition Discovery Reserve. Please drink responsibly. They're going to run and get that boot. The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season. A baseball team that's on the way back. A college world series title. The Bomb Stadium. I almost got fired because I went willy the boss after I had a little too much sauce. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. I love message boards. I love social media. I, I love it. You just like stirring it up. I, that's what exactly that's, right. That's all you're after exactly is to stir right. the pot. Exactly right. I love when these stories get started via Hogville or whatever, whatever message boards of your choice, where rumors start swirling around, which is one thing if, if someone pops off with saying, hey, I heard this, and then it dies right there. But it's another thing when someone says, hey, I have this scoop of a story and it takes off to such a level where you have media members, reporters really digging into the story to see if something like this happened. And that's what happened yesterday. In case you didn't hear or you weren't on the message boards or on social media or whatnot, there were all of these rumors swirling around of Hunter Juracek, the athletic director for Arkansas, meeting with Mike Anderson and one other unknown individual in a closed-door meeting at the Blessings Golf Course. So Mike Anderson, Hunter Juracek, and unknown individuals. But according to Hogville or in other messages, it looked like it could be an attorney. Could be an attorney. Because he had the look of an attorney, He had the look of an attorney, okay. Could have been an accountant, but it could have been an attorney. Yeah, I mean, he had a suit on, apparently. So (laughs) So that makes him an attorney. Yeah, it has to be. So instead of meeting... And they were meeting at the Blessings. The Blessings Golf Course, yes. Have you ever played there? I have not been invited. I'm assuming you have. I have not played what? there. What? Really? Okay. No, I, I've heard that golf course will will bring you to your, not only to your knees, but to tears as well. But, that, but that's not the conversation here. So, Anderson, Juracek, and this unnamed individual are meeting behind closed doors. Behind closed doors. Okay, so. While the Blessings is closed, mind you, because it's closed on Mondays. It's closed on Mondays because they got to do maintenance on the course. That's right. So, <laughs> so weird. So instead of meeting at the university offices, that's right. Which I guess you can't can totally control the information if you're if you don't totally trust everyone within the university staff. That's right. You maybe you want to have this away from the facility, and that's a place you somewhat know and trust. And it is, as you say, Monday, and the club is closed. But it still doesn't make sense to me that when there are so many places on campus. So many places you would think you could control the access and the meeting points that that would be the the spot. I mean, there's just so many things about this. I'll call it rumor rather than story. Yeah, I guess it is. It doesn't rumor. make sense to me. Yeah, it, it, that, that's all it is. Is a now, rumor at this point. Let's go back to the uh, to the first seed of this, the meeting. You think there was a meeting between somewhere? Whether it's, it doesn't really matter whether the, me- the meeting where it occurred. Did a meeting occur? Yeah, I think so. I think somewhere. I think I think at the root because generally, what was it? Nolan used to say when the first ever said this: "Where there's smoke, there's fire." Mm-hmm. Nolan famously said it in Arkansas. I think there probably was some kind of meeting that got this start. I mean, I always wonder where does this crap get started. I mean, what is the origination? Of, wouldn't you like to know that? Who who was the first to say something to somebody? 
that said something to somebody else who posted it somewhere and then it went by like wildfire mm-hmm. and then it turned into billy donovan you know we'll get to that later <laughs> oh man i just love how these stories it's like the game of telephone flourish yeah and it's great for us i love it yeah it's great stories to talk about and to discuss on here and and that's the thing is that when all of this started going on yesterday I even had media members texting me and asking me, say, hey, have you heard anything? Have you, have you heard anything? Like, first off, like I have inside sources, which I don't really. You know, I'm not a reporter. I don't know if anybody. I know people really well, get it mixed up that I might again, be a journalist, but I'm not. We aren't journalists. Don't claim to be. We give opinions on things that journalists report. That's right. And games we watch. That's and right. And things that unfold in front of our very eyes. That's right. Things you see just like we see. Like, you watched that Indiana game. We watched it. You have opinions. We have opinions. We meet here together each weekday morning, and we talk about it. Yep. We don't, you know. We're Bob, not hiding in bushes. Our buddy Tom Murphy, he's a reporter. He's a journalist. Yeah, that's that's one job in the media. We have a different job in the media. That's right. We know our role. Yeah, we have a different role. Yeah. And Tom gives some opinions, but he's not really in the opinion business. He's in the reporting business. That's right. And so when all this was going on and there were other media members that were looking into this story, the only thing that really came about from it is that they, a lot, few of the media members did confirm that there was some sort of meeting. Now, that's about as far as it got when it came to confirmation of everything. But, of course, everything started growing legs and started taking off. And, and it just it really blew up into this huge story that really wasn't necessarily a story just yet. Now, it could be. In the next few days, maybe even today, it could come out that, yeah, there was some sort of meeting and here was it here was, it was about. Here's what the next steps are going to be taken. I mean, there's a lot of different things that could go on and that could happen dealing with this story that really started taking off yesterday. But it's amazing to me, though, that if you just look at the aspects surrounding it and the rumors that are surrounding it, how it can it's like, OK, if you want to believe it, you're going to believe it. If you want Mike Anderson gone, you are going to believe more often than not that this meeting happened, that there was it was really heated. There was a lot of emotions flowing through this meeting Mm -hmm. and that it ended up being where it it ended badly for Mike Anderson. That's what you're hoping is going to happen if you're wanting Mike Anderson gone. But if you just look at it logistically, you got to take it with a grain of salt, which is what we're doing here on the show. We're discussing it because you're discussing it. It was something that was going on all on social media as well. And here's another aspect to the story, too, because yesterday... On halftime, Kevin McPherson was on the halftime with Ty and Phil, and he was talking about how he felt like Reggie Cheney was looking to transfer or considering transferring. And that also is kind of what started a lot of these rumors flowing around, too, is because everyone's like, okay, so now that Reggie Cheney is considering transferring, then it's, you know, it's really the dominoes are starting to fall towards Mike Anderson. But just let me tell you this, too, and I told Ty this yesterday. I'm not going to name names, but a current basketball player for the Razorbacks DM'd me on Twitter, messaged oh, me on Twitter. Ahoy, Paloy. I know, big time, I'm telling you, and said that, no, Reggie Cheney's not going anywhere. I don't know where y'all are getting these things. Well, we put so, it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, so that's where it came from. It was on Twitter. It's like, I didn't get it from anybody. I just saw it. <laughs> I read it on Twitter. That's right. Heard so, it on halftime. So, you know, who knows how that story's going to go. So it's just all these domino effects that kept going out. I mean, it was just Legos, one on top of the other, and it kept building. And now it comes to a point where we're sitting here. It was like, okay, so how much validity is there to this actual story? 
how much validity is there to this meeting that happened between Mike Anderson and Hunter Juracek? Because I believe a meeting did happen. But for all we know, the meeting that happened or the meeting that transpired was just their regular annual right. end of season meeting we, where they're just going over the things of saying, all right, what are we going to do here? How are we going to prove this? What needs to change? What needs to happen? Yada, yada, yada. It could have been just one of those simple type of meetings that happen which, every year. Which is standard operating procedure, not just with football and basketball and baseball, but every sport. There is a sit down at the end of the year, either with Hunter Juracek or that sports administrator or both, but always with the major sports, the AD and others oftentimes, I think, are in the room or or at least have been part of the conversation about the future of the program. And I think it's all obviously if there is some consideration about the future of the coach, others may be involved or not involved. But the point is to to add to your point. It's not uncommon to have no. an end of year meeting to say, all right, how did this, you know, let's talk about the the good and the bad of the season and where do we go from here? Yeah. That's pretty standard operating procedure. Yeah. Even when you have a great year of high success, you're going to have that now, type of meeting. Obviously, when you've had a lot of success, the timing of that meeting is maybe a little less important to the end of the year versus when you've had a season that's ended in a little more uh, of a disappointing fashion like Arkansas, did not meet expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the timing of that meeting and how and the closeness to the end of the season, the quickness in which that occurs, uh, is something worth observing. When it drags out and goes on, I think that sends one message. When it happens quickly, I think it sends another message. Yeah, because assuming that this meeting happened the Monday after a Saturday game, quick, fast, in a hurry type of meeting that would happen. Follow the show on Twitter at HitThatLineAR. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Now he does a tightrope back. Boy, Houdini's in the house. We're number three, and nobody's home to watch that house. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy Hogs! I heard about all these rumors, so I came in to... Uh, to dispel them or to add to them? Uh-huh. Guess we'll see. You do a little bit of both. Okay, we'll see. We haven't had a chance to catch up with you since Arkansas's season officially ended against Indiana in the NIT. Lost sixty-three to sixty. All, and I'm sure you were, saw all of the message board and Twitter rumors flying around yesterday. About, in case you're just joining us, there was these rumors going on of Mike Anderson and Hunter Yurichek meeting behind closed doors at the Blessings Golf Course, and what was reported by message board people as just being a heated. Uh, type of meeting and so uh, you have to take a every single meeting yeah a yeah. heated meeting how so do they, how do they know if it was behind closed doors <laughs> because tommy <laughs> again they heard it this is they why heard. it's rumor and why it's not fact exactly it is all rumor and speculation right. so nick first off what do you make of all this stuff do you have any insight as far as what's going on actually with the program is everything pretty much status quo where there isn't anything major developing right now inside this program or Anything like that? Everything I'm hearing, and this is, uh, I don't know, anytime everything that you're hearing is coming from, it seems like it seems like everybody always says, well, I saw on Twitter, yeah, <laughs> or I saw on Facebook, and, and I know we're laughing about this, but, I mean, has there been, has the sentence started any other way other than I saw on Twitter or I saw on Facebook? A so lot of sentences start that way anymore. Yeah, that's how it all starts. And... The biggest issue now, though, is, yeah, everybody is recycling the same story, so it makes it feel more real. But 
once again, your next door neighbor and your buddy from down the street and, you know, the mailman and, and all the people, they're just recycling the same story that they saw on Facebook. Yeah. Or they saw on Twitter. I'm not saying that it's not true. I just, I'm just looking at the last couple of people that were fired at the university. And it just seems like all that information came out prior to it happening. It seems like somebody, even with like with the Jeff Long deal or whatever, that stuff came out prior to uh, mm-hmm. it happening. The Brett Bielema stuff, if you were if you were in the know, you knew he was going to be fired because they tried to fire him after South Carolina. They tried to fire him before the South Carolina game, and then Jeff Long wouldn't do it. And then they tried to fire him after the South Carolina game, and then Jeff Long wouldn't do it. You saw that worked out. And so just this type of information, if Mike Anderson was going to be fired, I just feel like there would be a more credible source that would be out there that would really be stating that Mike Anderson is fired. Now, for you, for those of you out there, go look at your favorite basketball media person's Twitter or 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 Instagram or Facebook or the columns that they've written. Go look at that stuff and just kind of tell me the feeling that you're getting. Everybody's trying to straddle the fence because I'm telling you, this was going to happen. If he gets fired then everybody that's straddling the fence, we're all going to say, well, we were sworn to secrecy. And we just couldn't <laughs> couldn't come out and say it. Not that they just don't have a clue right now. Right. Um, and then if he stays here as the coach, they're all going to come out and say, well, you see why we didn't report that he was getting fired. So, I mean, you know, it's the way to play it. I don't think he's getting fired just because and, – and I'm just strictly going off of nobody I talk to has, has a credible source – and everybody keeps reaching out to everybody else, asking them, "Hey, have you heard anything yet? Have you heard anything yet?" I can't, man. If you go, if you go and search text my, "Have you heard anything yet? Have you heard anything yet?" Literally, I got 50, the same thing, man. Fifty people will pop up asking, "Have you heard anything yet?" And so, no, like I'm, you know, I'm with the rest of you guys. I don't know what's going to happen and in saying that I think he's going to stay because there's just not a lot of information out there right well, now. Well, and one of the things too that I tried to allude to that in the start of the show when we were bringing this up is that, you know, it's not uncommon. In fact, it's very common that ADs and coaches have meetings after the season comes to an end, no matter if it's a great season or a bad season. It's, timing's always a little different just depending on the situation, but if there was even a meeting that actually happened at the Blessings Golf Course, assuming that it, all this is true, that doesn't mean that it was about him getting fired or anything like that. It could have just been the year in review and trying to say, all right, so what do we need to do to fix this and to improve on this and what needs to happen? It could have been just a simple meeting like that. Have you noticed something? Um, and this is 2019, and everybody has a what? A smartphone. Yes. You know what everybody likes to do with smartphones? Take, Take pictures. Pic- some of these rumors, even whenever the John Gruden rumors, the yes. one common denominator in all these rumors is so nobody took a picture. Mm-hmm. It just, yep. I just, it just, I just find it hard to believe that somebody didn't take a picture. Well, then they're like, oh, well, they could have saw, they could have saw you, they could have saw you when you were looking at them. I mean, I just, I don't know necessarily. Like, I'm just, I'm just interested to see why nobody took a picture. I mean, I guess the only thing that, that you can say is if it was a person working in there and they happen to tell somebody to, to tell somebody else. But it's just in 2019, people people yeah. always take a picture. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this then: your gut feeling right now, 
Is there any change with Mike Anderson? Is there any change with the staffs? Is there any changes at all that happen in this basketball program from now until next season? Yeah, the players for sure. Okay, uh, is that is that all? That would just be the actual person. Well, no, I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna say that that's all, but Mike's not dumb. The coaching staff's not dumb. They realize that they have to get back to the NCAA tournament, and you know, I don't care what anybody says, but oh, they're young. They play good at the end of the at the end of the day. They were a what were they a five seed? Yes, five seed in the NIT. Yeah. At the end of the day, they were a five seed in the NIT. And so, I mean, and this was on a weak bubble. The bubble's probably not going to be this week next year. And, I mean, for you to be a five seed in the NIT on a weak bubble. Just think about this. Alabama was in all the way up until they lost to Arkansas. And Alabama was horrible this year. They didn't have a great resume. And so uh, I do think there's going to be a change with, with a few of the players. I'm not sure about the staff, and the main reason I say that is because who are they going to get to come in here in one year and change things as a third assistant? Yeah. I just well, don't I mean, see that happening. You hire assistants to improve recruiting, right? I mean, yes, to some degree, development of players. But why do you hire assistant coaches? To go get players. Well, any player an assistant goes and gets now is not going to help next season other than the JUCO or grad transfer route. So maybe you're bringing someone in if, if you made a staff change. But any staff change is going to take a couple, in my opinion, tell me if I'm wrong here, a couple of seasons to really feel a true effect from at least from that staff person. If you're going, I mean, from a traditional recruiting standpoint, at least one. Now, if we if you're talking about football, I would say, yes, a couple and basketball is a little bit different. And you can if you if you are um, an impactful recruiter and basketball then you can change the dynamics of of a team for this next season in one year no 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 i mean the coach has to about, be here for a full year right i'm just talking yeah that, so, that's so what i'm no, talking about no for the you next bring, basketball season pull out just pick a you know pull change this assistant bring in another one it's not going to make a great impact on the on the 2019 season. 2020 yeah. year you are right it's because it'd be the, year the only that. thing that that assistant can do is like i said find you some JUCOs and maybe a grad transfer if you're going to purge your current roster and make some room. But as far as recruiting the next great four-star high school basketball player, that takes time. And Mike doesn't have a lot of time. you got to well, win now. And, and you know? I, would, I would be interested to see, and of course there were the rumors flying that, that, that they asked him to remove somebody from his staff, and he said no. First off, First of all, they're not asking you anything. They're going to tell you, hey, this is what you need to do. And if they tell Mike you need to remove somebody from your staff, he's not going to say no. Now, I say that, I thought the same thing about Jeff Long. He told he told everybody no. Like They were like, this is what you need to do. He was like, no, nah, I'm good. So, I mean, but I just don't see Mike Anderson um, doing I that. And my, then I just don't think it's going to have a big impact if he does. No, well, well, and that's more for the fans, though. Yeah. Because – because of where the basketball program has been over eight years, and and really not even over eight years, because of what this past season has been, somebody has to pay. And that's just the world that we live in. Whenever something goes wrong, somebody has to get fired, somebody else has to get hired, you have to at least show, like, okay, like, we care. And, and you know, I think the administration knows that replacing one assistant is not going to necessarily take this team to the promised land. What I'd be interested to see is, which one, if he had to replace an assistant, 
Melvin's been with him forever. He's the associate head coach. TJ's related to him, and Scotty's a legend. I mean, the low-hanging fruit has already been fired. Like, Zimmerman was the low-hanging fruit. Zimmerman was the guy that, okay, we can get you out of here, and it's not going to matter, and nobody's going to fuss but you. Nobody cares about him. And he's still on staff. Right. And, and so, well, he, yeah, he's a radio guy. And well, so – And else what, director of ops? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But whenever it comes to the real coaches, I don't know which one of those three that Mike would replace if he had to replace one because of the relationships that he has with all three of those guys. So, I mean, I don't think that's the answer in – going out and getting another assistant, that's not going to change the landscape of this team moving into next season. Well, see, and I, I don't think so either. I, I mean, it's just one of those situations that people are wanting some sort of answer. And I guess that's where it's at, too, is that it's almost like, okay, if nothing changes, no staff changes, no, Mike Anderson doesn't change, none of that changes, is it just a matter of hope? Just you hope Mike Anderson gets guys in, you hope that their players get better, you hope that they develop, and you hope they get to the tournament? Because depends that's essentially what, what I mean, it is. It's just hope. It depends on what side you're on. Because at this point, it's, it's I mean, 50-50. may even be 60-40. There are some people that are going to be checked out of next season because they want a change. They want a new coach. Yeah. And if Mike comes back and he makes it to the tournament next season, you might as well hang that up. They're not Arkansas is not in a position to fire somebody who has made the tournament. Subscribe to Hit That Line on iTunes. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Give is to Alex Collins straight up the middle, and Collins on the run. They won't catch him. Alex Collins is going to take it all the way to the house. Touchdown, Arkansas. 80 yards. It's the same thing that we've been hearing pretty much the entire time of people who have criticisms of Mike Anderson dealing with they don't like the way that he does games at the or what he calls games at the end of them when it's when their game's on the line you know they don't like the recruiting they don't like the re, uh, getting out rebounded all the time and the poor free throw shooting it just seems like it's all the, the same stuff that all the fans were pretty much on the same page those who want mike anderson gone it's pretty much for all the same reasons that they want him gone yeah and, and you know all those things contribute or all those things whenever you're not good in those categories it's tough to win, um, and and I see where the frustration is. I think with the free throws, uh, because Arkansas has had some years, like whenever a couple years ago, I know that Arkansas was one of the better teams yep. uh, in the country at uh, at those things. And now, in the rebounding stat, I think that's, I mean, that's always a little skewed uh, as far as what that actually means, and I normally think it's more of, you know, late game play calls or lack thereof, free throws, timeouts, how you manage the game. I think it's more of that than than I can really put my finger on, okay, Arkansas lost this game because they got out-rebounded. I just, even the games where they do get out-rebounded, which is almost every single game, I just never look at the end of it just kind of thinking, okay, well, if Arkansas was better on the boards than than – then they would have won this game. It's more of if they would have made some free throws yeah. late, they could have executed uh, a set a lot better, if they could have played better defense. It's more of those things for me than uh, the man I rebounded. You know, one of the common things I hear through our calls, through just conversations, is there's just a lack of hope for next year. There's When, when you talk about bringing Mike back, not a lot of people have hope. In fact, I've talked to no one that is hopeful that next season 
will be better, that the program is on the mend, that the trend will improve. It always starts with, you know, Mike's a nice guy, comma, but. And then it goes to into the point. And that's the problem is is apathy setting in. We talked about apathy yesterday. It's the, you know, apathy is the loss of hope. And I think fans right now with this basketball program have nothing to look forward to. What are you what are you looking forward to next year with the basketball program? Nick, you've talked about it for for months here. Daniel Gafford leaves and now who is who is who who is the the guy that's going to ring the bell next year for this team? Who is who is the player that's coming in that's going to save the day? Who is now the player that's going to step up and be the leader of this program? And it's hard to point to any one individual. You know, Isaiah Joe had a heck of a year with what, 100 and what was 113 threes? I find it very difficult, as we were talking about at the end of the hour, that defenses aren't going to neutralize that to a great degree next year. He's a great player. But Daniel Gafford took a lot of defensive attention this year. He's not there to, to draw a lot of that defense this year. Who's going to carry that load offensively for Arkansas next year? Right now, we don't have those answers. You know, guys like Isaiah Joe's just going to have more defense in their face. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I, I just don't have a lot of hope that next year, maybe regardless of who the coach is, that it's going to be greatly improved. Yeah. I, th- I mean, to me, a lot of that just depends on what they do in the junior college ranks. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm trying to think. Over, over the last handful of years, I think they've done – I think they've actually done all right. When you're looking at Cody Clark, you're looking at Daryl Macon, you're looking at Barford, they've actually done a pretty good job in in Even Mason Jones this year has been pretty pretty good. He's had his ups and and downs. He's been inconsistent, but his ups have been pretty good. Right. I mean, he averaged, what, 13 or 14 a game. And I'd say for for a late period signing, a guy that was headed to UCA prior to you coming in and offered him – a scholarship, uh, I'd say that's really good. So, I mean, if they can if they can put together a combination of a Cody Clark or go get another Daryl Macon, um, then I do think that that this team could possibly make a run at something next year. I just don't know if they're going to be able to go out this late and get those junior college players. Let's go to the phone lines. Gary's in Fort Smith. What's going on, Gary? Hey, guys. Um I'm beyond apathetic with the with the Razorback men's basketball program, and if the trend continues, I think the women might outdraw them next year. Um, I look at it from this standpoint. You know, Mike Anderson's been there eight years. We've compensated or invested in him about twenty million dollars. Is that about right? Pretty close to that. It makes two and a half million a year, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something. So we've like that. In, we've invested twenty million dollars in him. We've We've built a multi-million dollar practice facility because it was said that, you know, if we didn't have that, we can't recruit with the big boys and we can't get players in here and we can't develop them. Well, we've done all that, and what do we have to show for it? And just simply from a number standpoint, that's where I think we need to change. We've, we've invested, you know, $30 million at least in – and Mike Anderson and this program in in the past eight years, and we don't have anything to show for it. Uh, we got a participation trophy for playing in the NIT. Is way the way I feel about it. So, and like you said, 
Tommy, there's no what's the hope for next year? And if our if our um, plan is to go out and get a couple of JUCO guys and you roll the dice with that, then uh, that's not much of a plan. And and that's the the problem I have with the program right now. We spent you know thirty million dollars or more on men's basketball over the tenure of Mike Anderson, and we've got very little to show for it. And more importantly, we've got very little in the cupboard uh, to put on the floor for next year. And, and that's just where I am. Yeah, because and that's what we've been talking about pretty much the past few weeks, Gary, is just, you know, there was always times and always situations under Mike Anderson where it felt like things were down that you could point to and saying, okay, well, here's the solution. The year they went 16-16, and 16, the year they didn't make any postseason play after going to the NCAA tournament, arguably having their best oh. team under Mike Anderson, after when that season ended, it was like, okay, this sucked. You don't want to do it again. But it's okay because next year you're going to have Daryl Macon and Jalen Barford coming in. You also have Moses Kingsley and Dusty Hannes coming back. You get all those pieces together, it'll work out, and then it did. Even in those times, you always had something to point to or players to come in or whatnot that you could say, hey, it's okay. At this point in time, it's going to be all right. When you lost Moses Kingsley, it's like, okay, so what are you going to do? You got Daniel Gafford, and there was always a plan. There was always something there. But right now, you just don't have anything to point to, and that's very worrisome for Razorback fans. And you can't also say, remember four years ago when you were in the Elite Eight and you lost to Kentucky on that last second shot? Or remember three years ago when you were in the Sweet 16 and and your best player fouled out with four minutes to go? Those aren't conversations you can have either. So there's no credit built up. Or when this official screwed him over, Tommy, when <laughs> North know, Carolina it, got then get that charge that, call. That, that wasn't an Elite Eight game or a Sweet 16 game. So would it beat North Carolina. Right. Huh? I said you wish you would have beat North Carolina. Well, that was something to point to. That would have put, put you into yeah, the Sweet 16. Sweet, right. But, but you don't have you can't have that conversation either. Right. So Mike doesn't have that credit to draw upon. Mm-hmm. So I mean those I mean coaches need those years and that credit to draw upon to get through years like this as well. Mike doesn't have that in the bank. Yeah, and when you look at all these situations, too, it's always about where you were, where you're at, and where you're going. And where where you were is a and place... Where, and where you've been is also important, well, too. Well, well, that's what I'm saying, is where you were. And yeah. and from like back to a point to where even 25 years ago, we all know what Arkansas was. But even in, under the tenure of Mike Anderson, I think most people who thought when, when Mike Anderson was hired, they felt like that there was going to be an elevation to getting to a point of least at least a Sweet 16 at some point in time. And it hasn't happened. So when you say where you were... It probably looks like it's underachieved a little bit. Where you're at right now is not very good because you were just a five seed in the NIT and you're losing your best player next year, maybe some possible transfers. And where you're going is there's no light at the end of the tunnel for any type of big recruits to come right in and they're, that are going to come and save the day and make an immediate impact, at least as of right now. Your number one source of local news and information you need. Like the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast? Check out the Halftime Pod at hitthatline.com.